0: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K.'s staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on W.I.L.K.
1: Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We were just mentioning the new bigger than life clock at <laughs> the station of W I L K. Johnny, how new? Brand new he's yelling. Brand right, new. Right. How about it? So it's a uh, bigger than life. Can't it miss is, it. Don't you think? Look at it. Whoa. Yeah. It's like one of those what do you call those phones that people the big letters on them? Yeah. What I is know. it called? I don't know
0: what you call it. Is Cri- there a name for it? Yeah
1: cricket oh. or something No, that's oh, not cricket. That it, no there? you know that big phone that has real big numbers jitterbug well, jitterbug see jitterbug, see there dina okay. comes
0: through with it right. i knew it was jitterbug. it had a name How about Lynn? is there a name uh, i well i'm thinking of the clock clock not oh no no you know and they have names for those but yeah well, anyway know. now we're on anyway, clock, anyway it, we can't miss it no. because it's, but it's quite good. large yes and that's good it digital. is digital lovely mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: But this one that sits facing me, the Seth Thomas, yes. uh, the old, you know, it's a few seconds. It's ticks ahead, just so we know. Well, we'll but we'll be okay. It. See, we live, we live and die here by the clock. So yeah, that's why it's so, so important we see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So we had a nice dinner last night. We did indeed. Mm-hmm. At Mansoor's. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, six of us had dinner in the light, lovely window on Ash Street. Yeah, they have their um, once a month dinner. Usually, it's just store. It used to be on Sunday, actually, for the last couple of months. That's oh, why I we didn't go that. because you know us on Sunday nights. Yes, <coughs> forget it. So um, they moved it back to Thursday because when Pat and Mud owned Mansour's, they did it Thursday nights, and then they kind of switched it when Carolyn and Mike bought it, and then they decided to go back to Thursdays. So anyway, we were there, and
0: it was lovely. The food was absolutely wonderful. delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. really really good
1: and i love how as i said to carolyn catalano carolyn baldy catalano saying it's like a different place and when you're in there at night because mm-hmm. they're not open for dinner it's just breakfast and lunch um and either one breakfast or lunch is great there yes <laughs> we were saying how much of a fan everybody has been of that place for years and years right yep. pat goes there all the time with with arnie F- flam meyers mm-hmm. but lives in the hill and loves going to hill Places mm-hmm. And Michael Luzzi years ago has loved going there, and now he's back, so he's there. And, of course, you know, you and I love it. Yes. So, um, but it's wonderful. And, you know, Carolyn tells us all the time, we talk about this, so many people go in, and they say, hey, I heard Laurie and Lynn talking about Mansour's. All righty. And it works but seriously there is never anything whether you have breakfast lunch and now the dinner once a month and they're not going to do it in november or december because of the holidays but come january they'll start and it was absolutely delicious white linens on the table and the candles and it's just the dim lights it's that building is gorgeous it is so anyway
0: hats off to all at mansour's for a wonderful evening and let's not forget they're wonderful cookies, but which wonderful. is something that we talked about because I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of cookies, yep. but... There are very few places that have cookies on a menu for dessert. Mm-hmm. And this place, it's one of the things I loved about it. Yep. They have the big cookie jars filled with different and, and, cookies. And they're wonderful. And what yeah. did they have last
1: night? They had chocolate chip for you, everything but the kitchen sink. And Lynn said, Well, what's in that? I said, Everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> so Michael Baldy said, I can tell you what isn't in it. The kitchen That's sink. Easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then they have their flourless, gluten free, um, Peanut butter. Peanut butter.
0: Yeah, but there was another one, too. They, no,
1: then they had two types of biscotti, biscotti, oh, yeah. however you want yes. to say it. You say tomato, yes. I say tomato, whatever. <laughs> um, so they their stuff is, and it's all homemade. Yeah. Everything they have there really is wonderful. So, mm-hmm. And what I love about them, too, is they accommodate. There's so many people's, customers of theirs that are either vegan or uh, have celiac. Disease like I do, Susie McCabe, or they're, they have some type of gluten intolerance, or whatever, and they always have stuff available, which mm. I think speaks volumes to restaurants when client, when customers who they know are regular, you bring in things that help them make better choices. So, and let's not
0: forget fresh brewed
1: iced tea and the iced tea is uh, absolutely delicious. It's a given. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol, I'll, I'll walk with my Dunkin' Donuts, or she goes, "Why did you bring? Why do you have that?" I'll give you ours. It's better. <laughs> Yes. And I said, "Yeah, it is. It's delicious." Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, and Michael and Carolyn, sister and brother, uh, did a wonderful job. They do. Ka- I mean, Carolyn and her her husband Mike own the business, but Michael sort of like manages it, and he um, it, it does a wonderful job. They're just wonderful. Raised well because they are, are they very from the
0: Catalano's that are no. in West Granton. No, no. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: where are His they from? His dad,
0: Mike, owns.
1: Um, tra- La Trattoria. Oh, that's, that's his, right. Yeah, I his dad is Mike. So, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. but anyway, so we had a, a lovely, lovely evening. <laughs> well, I went to a wonderful place I wanted to tell everybody about. Not that too many people around here would know of it, but I was in uh, Harrisburg on Thursday for a, uh, I want to say it's annual because this is the first time they've done it since 2011. Pennsylvania Banking And Securities Department um, held a day-long seminar on uh, compliance issues that we need to know about Uh if you're going to be registered investment advisors and broker-dealers and all that kind of good stuff. So I went the night before because it was one of these that starts at 8 in the morning and I wasn't going to drive down from (laughs) Scranton. like at five in the morning so i stayed down there and i met a friend a woman who i had interviewed on my podcast power of the purse and i've never met her and i knew that she lived in harrisburg so i called her ahead of time and said can we get together for dinner she said yeah sure so we went to a place that was called vrai v-r-a-i which in french means the truth I mean, it's true. Mm-hmm. So um, everything in Be there sure was organic, and it was um, just homegrown. Everything was wonderful. And the food, oh, it was fabulous. And I had the same thing. I had another piece of salmon. salmon. But I just love it. Mm-hmm. And it was served over a bed of real, honest-to-God, wild rice, um, sautéed grilled vegetables. They were cauliflower and... Uh, broccoli and all kinds of things, it, and tomatoes. It was just delicious. I don't know what the sauce was, but it was great. So I had uh, spent some time, about two hours, with her, and it was really nice to get to know her. Where is that restaurant? Right in, it's uh, in Camp uh, Hill. Oh, in Camp it's Hill. Camp Hill. Oh, okay. So um, that's where we. That's where I was that night, and then uh, started with this day-long thing that was about as dry as you could possibly mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. It was awful. but um, Were you holding your eyes open with toothpicks? Trying. Like Fred Flintstone. And I finally left about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, I can't take this anymore. Here. Mm-hmm. And I just went outside on a break, and I just said, you know what? It's beautiful. You took a ride. here. and just kept going. <laughs> just, exactly. I love it. I just I left, it. and I drove home. But it was, um, it was really interesting to see um, all of the traffic jams. I ended up having to go through... Harrisburg to get out to 81 from where I was mm-hmm. and I passed the farm show which is is that going building, on now? no oh, building after say, building after, after building of this so I'd never been there oh you mean you passed where the buildings held. yeah yeah, yeah okay. the buildings and I had never seen that before and I said wow I know um my friend Patty Brown I think you know Patty right yes uh, Patty does that every year she mm-hmm. goes there A with the pudding do. thing yeah down home and uh and I've often wondered where it was. So I just went by and I said, hey, there it, there is. it is. That was pretty cool. Aww. So um, made the trip home and then we went to Mansoor's. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Well, yesterday I have
1: to speak a little bit about the mayor's prayer breakfast that oh, I yeah. attended in the morning, which was very early in the morning. You have It starts at 8 a.m. I guess it's not that very in the early in the morning when i know people who you get you and up, i don't do early in i just in the don't morning. like it i just don't i'm sorry i in this in the summer I, it's not as bad when the sun is out yeah. early but when it's gloomy and you have to turn lights on it's not yeah. I just don't like... I don't have a... Pro, like, when I'm putting on my makeup, it's just not right. There's just something not right about it. <laughs> I like natural light. So, anyway... <laughs> okay. The, the breakfast itself was wonderful. I thought so all was the speakers at the Radisson, which it is every year, was okay. the 55th annual. Wow. And Gene Peters, the ex-mayor of Scranton, West Sider, spoke about... Was His task was to speak about Joe McDade. And mm-hmm. he is... He stood up, and he just commands your attention anyway. He's just one of those guys, as you know he is. And he stood at that podium. Were you there, Dina? I, I guess I was, yeah. So he, without notes, other than I'm sure the bullet points and making sure he covered what he did, told us so many things, and he said he could go on for hours and hours about Joe McDade and what he did. All I have to say is Gene Peters is an amazing man. He's you know, up there in age, he still looks fabulous, his mind sharp as a tack, and he doesn't, he just rattled off all of this information, doesn't screw up, doesn't make mistakes, ad lib, was ad libbing everything, and I just, I'm telling you, I, I was, everybody at our table's like, oh my God, he's unbelievable, and mm-hmm. he really was. I mean, everybody did a wonderful job, they I did. thought, this mm-hmm. year with all of what they had to say, but Gene, just, you know, being an ex Yeah, still, he. No, once they. But I just give him credit where credit is due. The man is unbelievable for what he. The presence he has and his command of attention and his delivery Mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Yeah. And of course, Mayor Courtwright, our buddy too. You know, Gene, Westsider. uh, And Mayor Courtwright, Westsider. So um, they all. I I just thought it was a, ni- a very nice morning. It was very very nice it morning, was. Dina. Great I, speakers. Yeah. yeah, and and it, I go every year, and I love to go, and th- but this year there, w- there was a good t- a good feel. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Is um, it always
0: held in October?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there some? It used significance? to be on
1: Friday. I don't know that answer. It used to be on Friday, and they moved it to um, Thursday, which is better than the Friday morning. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, and really, people are up and moving early. And then if you Friday, Seth, it's better for Thursday's been working out better. So it's run by Scranton Tomorrow, of which I'm a proud board member. And there are people on the committee, not me, on the board, excuse me, who are on the committee. I mean, I am, but I really did not, I didn't have anything to do with it this year. So, like Josh Mast and, and um, Deb Peterson, who's not a Scranton Tomorrow board member, but she's been, it used to be done by the Voluntary Action Center, which mm-hmm. Deb was the executive director for all 20 years. Uh, she was so used to working with it on it. And so she's doing some work. And Tony Pat and Leslie Collins, they did a great... And I think Michael Gilmartin, they did a really nice job of pulling it all together. So we oh, were happy nice. with it. And I think everybody was. I think they felt... Um, I think everybody was pleased. Let's put it that way. And the Radisson, I have to say, hats off, those people from um, Mike Carney and Kelly Doherty and Mary Mullen and Louise, my buddy, and Carol, my love, these people, we were there the night before because we had had Teddy Roosevelt was in for, so I was at the Historical Society annual dinner the night before, and we had two of the parts of the ballroom for that dinner, and then they had the other side, they had to open up as we were leaving and set up for. 400 and some people and then outside for the kids and the Scranton right night rhythms under the direction of Lisa Conalog is unbelievable. Those children every year are incredible. And just the work, just everything about how that all comes together is, is terrific and hats off to teddy roosevelt because he gave a good speech and as i said i asked the best question of the night he told me why is the teddy bear named after you and he gave me a wonderful gave us a wonderful story on that so um i said we should have just i should have just rented a room and stayed over because i felt like i never left (laughs) but um yes so they they really do a a wonderful job Uh at the radisson so that's good anyway we're going to take a quick break and um we'll be right back you're listening to the laurie lynn show
0: Here's Lori and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. And I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances, for baby boomer women available on amazon.com thank you
1: and i'm laurie cadden the owner of laurie cadden enterprises which is a fundraising pr and special event
0: business yeah Mm -hmm. so i i I wrote an article that i have um submitted to investopedia i don't know if anybody's familiar with that but it is an online uh, newsletter site and it's a place where people can go and if you have a question you just type in the question, and people from all around the country who are vetted to be allowed to answer the questions can answer them. Do you know how much I hate the word vetted? No, I don't know I don't why. know why,
1: but I can't stand the oh, word. But anyway, vetted, go vetted, ahead. Vetted. I know everybody. I can't stand that word. <laughs> I, I, right. I, I, but whatever. I don't not, know. not that
0: you said it. I'm just telling you. It made All me right. think. I hate okay. that work. Anyway, go ahead. But anyway, this was something I've recently submitted this week, and you have to wait for them to review it, and then they get back to you and say it's been accepted. Now I've done this several times, and. The first one was accepted, and then they, they picked it up and put it on NASDAQ uh, on their newsletter, which I loved. And there was another one that went someplace else. I forget where. So, is this the sister to Wikipedia? Oh, not quite. The brother? I, no, yeah, it could be of <laughs> the could same be, ilk. Yeah, it could I don't be, know. Yeah. But anyway, the, the name of the article was The Seven Things Widows Wished They Knew. One of the fastest growing groups of people in poverty is widows over the age of 65. That's a very scary statistic. Most widows confront financial illiteracy at the same time they have to deal with the emotional upheaval of one of the most stressful human experiences. Truly a double whammy. Our culture does very little to derail this disaster since the women who are now widowed are the same ones who left everything up to their husbands. Becoming financially literate and taking an active role in their family's finances was not considered a wife's role. Given the high rate of divorce and the subsequent higher rates of second and later marriages, this norm must be abandoned and fast. In my experience with women who were never enlightened to their family's finances and those who relied solely on their husband's financial acumen or his advisor's, they had several comments to make on the subject. The comments most often came under the things they wished they knew before they became widows. They are, number one, how much life insurance did my husband have and where are the policies? Her husband was an employee who had counted on the group policies the business had on his life. And when he retired, they soon discovered the life insurance they counted on was gone. It left once his retirement began. And the policies they bought while they were a young family also expired at age 65, and her insurance also went away, but she didn't know that. The large insurance policies they bought while their kids were at home or still dependent also ended after a certain number of years, 10 or 20, when the college education commitments were over. She wished she had the insurance policy somewhere in a box, and if his advisor had included her in the conversation about it, she would have known that she was not going to receive any life insurance benefits. Number two, what is the balance, if any, of the mortgage on our home? She wanted to believe the mortgage was paid off long ago, but without an updated bank statement or even which bank it would be owed to, she knew nothing about a monthly mortgage payment or, worse yet, money being put aside to pay the property taxes. What a huge bill that was. If she knew about this, she might have been able to put something aside and pay for it. And if there was a remaining balance on the mortgage, what should she do about it? Should she pay it off or keep paying on it monthly? Did she have a choice? Number three, where should she live? She wished they had discussed this before he passed. She would love to move to the townhome they bought in Hilton Head. But what should she do with the big house they had in New Jersey? She had so many friends and colleagues in New Jersey, and her life had been built around that social circle they had so intentionally cultivated. She loved their home in Hilton Head, but she knew very few people. That was supposed to be the place they would move to when he sold his business. Her children wanted her to move closer to them, each of the four of them. How should she handle this one? Mm. Who, are, who are our advisors? Golfing buddies and country club friends were fine to get to know on a first-name basis, but who were the ones she should trust? Her husband had introduced her to many lawyers, CPAs, and investment guys, but she didn't really feel comfortable going to any one of them for advice. She felt very intimidated by their whole presence, the big conference tables, dark, foreboding rooms, speaking in languages she didn't understand. Maybe it was time to find someone she liked and trusted. She knew some of the bank names on the mailings, but mostly she just put them in a pile for her husband to review. Number five, where can she find their paperwork? She knew her husband did most of the financial stuff online, and now she realized she had no idea what his usernames and passwords were. (laughs) She thought she might be able to get this info if she went to one of the bank sites he had as favorites. But most of these investment firms were nowhere near her home. Many of them were in large cities and with names she didn't recognize. Maybe if she presented them with his death certificate, that'd be enough. She also knew we had a safe deposit box at home, but again, no idea what the combination is to get into it. Maybe one of her sons might know. How could she get some money if she needs some? Her name is on one of the bank accounts, which she's used for her own personal needs, including food shopping and doctor office visits but that was a debit card. She had no idea how much was in the account. He talked about a will, but which firm did the last one after their son's marriage ended in divorce, did he use? She remembered signing the new will, but doesn't remember where a copy is. Number six, how much can she get in Social Security benefits as a widow? She was already receiving Social Security benefits as his wife, but now that he's gone, is his Social Security check going as well? How will she survive without that check? Can she get a larger check if she applies under his benefits? This would make a big difference in her income either way, but she could not understand that she would lose his monthly check when he died. Where does she go to talk to somebody about this? The funeral director told her he would do the paperwork to stop this, but will she have to pay back the check she just got last week? Number Seven, what investments do we have? She knew they had some investments with several of his friends who were in the business, but she does not know who they are, where to find them. She thinks there were business cards in the top shelf of his desk in the study. Maybe if she can find those cards, she might be able to get a hold of someone who can help her. She remembered he was talking about the investments he put in some kind of trust, which would help her if she died before him, but she knew nothing about that stuff. And it would be very helpful to her now if she knew something about what income she might get from that trust. And maybe there were other investment accounts she could use at this time. She thought he had some retirement accounts at the business, but once they sold that, she didn't know where it went. Perhaps his former secretary at the office might have some direction for her, but she wasn't sure. The Human Resources Department was now out of state since the business sale happened, so his former secretary might be able to help her get that contact information these are actual conversations i've had with women who came to see me well after the fact working with financial advisors who are sensitive to the needs of the less financially literate spouse wife and husband would have enabled each of them to have a better sense of confidence that they would know what will be available to them and their family members the end but i I do want to say The holidays are really a wonderful time for people to sit down and think about these things when family is present, maybe not to unload all of it in front of family, but to have a conversation about it. And if anybody would like a copy of this article that I just read, please send an email to lynn at thelaurieandlynnshow.com and and I'll get a copy to you because these are great questions to start asking each other.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Some of them okay. are sort of silly that you don't know, though, Lynn.
0: Oh, but trust me. I Not I, some of them. I am just amazed that they know nothing about a lot of them. Just nothing. They have inklings of things, but can't put it together in a way that's... But even
1: that's, now at 65, people who have been, like, around no, the block a little there, more have been more... Uh, uh, there are just, still
0: a lot of women who were told they're brilliant women and they're really good at what they do and they have careers and they're presidents of this firm and that firm and but whatever they don't do that but the deal was when we got married my husband was going to take care of the finance that was his job and i've been so busy i didn't have a chance to talk to him about it and these guys that he golfs with i don't know if they're the ones and blah 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 and then the username and passwords thing is well, really an issue yeah yeah, that's a. Big that's thing. really a biggie. So, would it be
1: a good idea for you to give those
0: that information to your advisor? Well, if your advisor was in with the program, him or herself, they yeah, would have I mean, that information. Yeah,
1: I mean, yes. come on,
0: that would be. But a lot you of times, one of the things I've learned about this business too is that there are a lot of people who call themselves financial advisors, and they're really not interested in the financial planning piece of it they're just interested in getting the money and investing it. So they don't ask all these other questions about wills and all that kind of business. It's not important to for them. It's not the way they get paid is what I'm saying. So therefore, why would they be interested in this? Mm-hmm. But do you think the client
1: thinks that too? Yeah. Why? Sh- no, no, no. Why would I, you ask me this?
0: which if client the husband the cli- or the no, wife any
1: cl- if you're with a client and they think hey you're i'm paying you to invest my money and make money for me i'm not paying you to go into all these personal things do you think they think that which is why most people just don't engage in the conversation right. so are you saying then as a financial employee, as in a fa- financial advisor that
0: you would you recommend and do you delve into those things well, yeah, i think it's the only way to do it you've yeah. got to do the planning first and in doing the planning you're discovering all this stuff you have all that information and then i've had resistance from the wives who don't want to come in and deal with it because it's his thing but i say fine i want you to bring her in here i want her to meet me and i want her to know who i am and that when the time comes that her husband passes away she has a point of reference yes and I don't have to be intimately involved in everything that she's doing and how is she right, buying right, clothes. Right. I don't need to know that. I just wanted to know that I know I am the repository of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can be the so I hate to use the sports analogies, but I could be the quarterback who pulls the whole thing together. Okay. And yes, that's how it should be. Okay. Did you have something you wanted to bring up? Well, we it's sort of minutes. benign at this point
1: and night, it doesn't make any sense but we will we'll talk about because i i had this in my purse i was reading this on going organic prepare to pay kind of thing it was in the scranton times on yeah. october 18th and it makes sense that because i know people who will not buy anything but organic oh, anything me too. okay however fr- it, it says fruits and vegetables that have inedible peels is one of the costliest mistakes you can make because the this the most of the time pesticides or anything will not penetrate through the The skin skin, like cucumbers Mm -hmm. and avocados and they were saying they even made a point that an avocado is usually um a dollar and some people charge 2.99 a piece just because it's an organic avocado so be careful with that what does it say about bananas um yeah anything with the thick skin like that they say you don't have to it's the Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries—things that that have yeah. delicate outside that can, you know, be easily bruised. Anything like that. Mm-hmm. Seafood, maple syrup. People say organic, and they said that they, that that there's no reason for it because of the way it's processed. How so, potatoes? It, um, that I would say they're probably. Um, it doesn't say potatoes here, but I would say based on the skin that that's probably, because they're talking about peas and eggplants and stuff like that. But I don't, I, I would think that potatoes are sort of middle of the road, wouldn't you? So I, if you could, I think that's probably one, but yeah. thicker skin and, and edible and you can eat potato skin. Yeah. Whereas the other stuff, and people do eat cucumbers, uh, skin on a mm-hmm. cucumber. I don't. I on, don't unless they're those English, you know, those small little ones, yeah. those that were there not a bitter taste but i peel mine so um but just i think those are things we should think about if it's inedible then why you're going to take the skin off yeah especially the
0: avocados you don't eat that no so no, that's it was just interesting that, because that was a good article because I think it really helped people. Because, you know, organ- organic is good in many ways, yeah. but the fact is it's more expensive. I so know. if there are ways you can cut that back but still eat well. Yeah, then do it. Healthy, and and do again, it. it's a good thing to do, but
1: think about that. And I never really thought because everyone's like, oh, organic, I have to get all. Th-. But that made sense. So anyway, yeah. so we're going to take point. a quick break. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn show. We'll be right back.
0: Here's Lori and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Right. I'm
1: Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business.
0: And our guest expert this morning is Dina Hughes from Fidelity Bank. She is a business development specialist at Fidelity and she's uh, in charge of the workplace banking program, which is underneath the business banking division. So we're going to talk about something that We had a great conversation about FIRST before you came here this morning. So we're going to get right into it. Dina, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, Dina. We're going to talk about the business apps. Uh There is such an animal. Yes, yes. So tell us about it. In
2: today's world, businesses need to embrace technology. There's no way around it. A lot of yeah. businesses are reluctant to jump in. Um, you know, sometimes the owners delegate that to an administrative assistant. That's just a millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, it, it encompasses all all generations, all titles. though. it doesn't make a difference what age you are. If you have a business, you need to look at technology, whether it be um, payroll services or you know, remote deposit capture, ACH, things like that online banking, but one of the newest ones to come to Fidelity is our mobile app. Uh, most of our personal customers have had that for quite a while mm-hmm. and have been enjoying the services I and love, love from mine. it. I love Good. it. Good. I'm love glad it. to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have one for businesses. Mm-hmm. So this has been something that's been in demand for a long time and we've been hearing from our customers that they wanted this and we've worked very hard to make sure that it was a, a, the version that was the most efficient and best possible for their needs. So um, we're happy to say that you can enroll in that immediately today on
0: our website. And then you told me that um, you go to the website and you enroll and then a specialist gets in touch with you with uh, because you have a form to complete? Right,
2: yes. Normally when you did it on the personal side, if you were an online banking user, you could just go out to your app store, download the app and start using it immediately. With the business, it's a little bit different. There's a form on our website that you do need to fill out and a specialist will contact you to enroll the business into the services because every business may not want every user user to have authority to access everything. Mm-hmm. So we can tailor the access through the app to that specific user. So if you want your payables person to have one ability and your admin person to have another ability, we can make sure that happens. And that's for each business. You have to create a separate You said a a username and password? Right, yeah. So right, to each business, their online banking username is specific to their tax ID. So if you have one tax ID number for your business with multiple accounts, you'll have your one login and then your users will each have their own login. Um, But if you have a business with multiple tax IDs and you then probably already have multiple usernames and then vice versa on the app, you will need to log in with each one of those appropriate usernames. Um, It is a different app than the personal app. So mm-hmm. you will have a different icon on your phone for the business side. And um, the setup is similar to the the personal side. You have the ability to view your balance, transfer funds, um, do your bill payments. But one of the things that you have uh, capability of on the business side that you don't have in the personal is the ability to approve exceptions or maybe files that need to be submitted. And so those can come and you'll be notified via an alert. And so if you're someone, the owner who's out of the office and you're out doing business and you're remote and you still need to approve those files to go through by the end of the business day, you can do so right from your app. So you don't have to worry about finding Wi-Fi at McDonald's and sitting down with a laptop and getting that done.
1: So, yes, Uh, you know what? Uh, Just on the personal side, I remember I I forget where I was and I was coming I was at the register and I thought oh my god I have no idea what's in my checking account like my the one that's attached to my debit card Mm -hmm. and I so I while I was standing there I go into it I see that I didn't have enough in there so I moved the money from the one Mm -hmm. account to the other account use the card and like it happened instantly and I think oh my god like think about those times when you're Doing this and they're like, you're card you don't want is declined to be or at the yeah, register. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you know, it it yeah. makes yeah. so much sense that you have so much more ability to not mess up. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's true. With our
2: app, we have the one-touch balance feature for the personal app. Uh-huh. You don't have to fully log in yes. and take that time. You could just click on it if you authorize that on your app, and it gives you your balance a real, really quick right there on your main checking account, so that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have alerts that also will tell you if your balance was running low, so we can set those up to go to your cell phone or your email address, um, and that way you can know ahead of time, you know, oh, I shouldn't go spend more at Target. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah that's available to you as well and our card valet works in conjunction with our personal app. Card Valet is is a separate app that gives you the ability to have more control over your debit card. So for the personal users, say you are someone, a mom or someone who gives your debit card to your kids often, go to the store, get me this, go to get gas in the car when you're done using it. Here's my debit card. Card Valet will actually send you in real time every single time your card is swiped the purchase. So if you told them they're allowed to put $25 in gas in and that's it, and you see then $10 at McDonald's besides that you'll know right away (laughs) okay so and the other thing too is in today's world your debit card gets compromised unfortunately often Mm -hmm. and it happens to the best of us even the most secure person because it's not your fault no and so company fault. right and a lot of times it happens in states like not even locally so your card may be used at a lowe's in north carolina you'll get notified real time that purchase has happened. You'll be able to decline and say, no, that's not me. And you can immediately restrict your debit card. Oh so you shut it down so that nothing else can be processed. And then you call the bank and we'll get you a new card. So that's also available to our personal and users. And that's
1: under that valet? Card valet, yes. And uh, what, and, don't, and don't you know that your kids, when you come back and you say, okay, what'd you get for $10 at McDonald's? They'll think you're a mind reader. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fairvoyant I know, so. that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but that's like, only for the uh, personal on the personal ones. side, yes. Okay, yeah, so that's available oh, to you. Okay. But so, the, how do you sign up for that? On the that is out side?
2: on the app store. You can go if you're a personal online banking user. You can go out to the app store, whether it's Apple or Android, and search for Card Valet. You'll register your debit card on the app. It'll be a separate app. But then once you register and you get it going, it no, the notifications come through automatically to your phone. Okay. Uh, and it's so it's a separate Card, app. card, card Valet. valet yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah. Do and of course, you have your digital wallet too, which is, you know, the ability to load your debit card onto your cell phone to make yeah. purchases so that if you're at the register and you have to do that, you left your purse in the car it's and easy. your card is in the car. You just tap your phone, you know, on the, the credit card swiper and it will process the card just like it was there present in person. So okay, that's available. So you, you
1: show me what to do. Uh, show you. <laughs> okay. I, oh, can. no, no, we're not Lynn because the last time Lynn oh, sent yeah, me up on right. Skype, my phone <laughs> has Lynn <laughs> thinks it's Lynn Evans. Oh, no. <laughs> we can't
0: undo it. It does. It Uh-oh. says Lynn Evans.
1: That's not my fault. We don't want, want to put, put Lynn's say, card Siri, on yours. Siri, watch this. Wait to hear this, Dina. We don't want Lynn's card Siri, on your what, app. What, no. Siri, what is my name?
0: I figured as much.
1: What? What? <laughs> Siri, what is my name? <laughs> Siri, what is my name?
0: You're Lynn Evans. <laughs> That's what you told me.
1: Well, it's just, okay. That's what you told me. Like I'm, I didn't tell her that. No, <laughs> she put it on. It's so weird. So no, you're oh, not. Goodness. But somebody's going to show me what, because I got to get that. Oh my that's goodness! Good. Well, I can tell you, I can show
2: you things for when they regards to banking, but I don't know how to fix your Siri. No, no, so. that's fine. I don't. Mean, I'm
0: talking about the other <laughs> card wallet is just on there. It's part of your iPhone.
2: Yes, right. You can load it's your an, card onto the existing okay. part of your iPhone. If you have an Android phone, you also have either Android Pay or Samsung Pay. Once you enter your card information. It'll ask, prompt you to contact your financial institution. It'll take you automatically to call the bank and they just need to verify that you want to load your
0: card on and you'll be
2: set up. So yep, okay. that's it. So and there yeah. we go. Uh-huh. So
0: I'll have to do it. So you oh, just take it. your cards and you fill the information in yeah. and play them cool. all in there. And so you can go to Wegmans. It's just like or... I do
1: for my Dunk, my my Dunkin' Donut iced teas. I just have it right on my app, right on my phone. Yeah, similar. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. And again,
2: that's where things are going. I mean, this is what customers are demanding nowadays: the ability to do, to do this. And businesses have to keep up. And and so, with regards to businesses in general, we offer credit card processing. We offer terminals that take the uh, the virtual wallet kind of card. You know, your card right. on your phone. Um, and so that's something that we can provide to businesses who need those services to be able to start accepting that ability if they have an old-fashioned swipe reader. Most places now have already switched to the EMV chip card reader. Do
1: you believe that that's, like, I can't tell you how many places I go and they say, we don't, we're not Doing it yet? What what is the there's going to come a point where they're going to be regulated and have to correct. They have to upgrade their equipment. Does it cost them more
2: money, and that's why they didn't do Uh, it? Or it varies. It depends. It depends on how they were provided with their equipment previously. If they were leasing it, if they purchased it, that kind of thing. They may have to then purchase new equipment. But you know, most financial institutions are set up for that. They will have that conversation to determine what's best for that business. It may not be a big expense to lay out the business owner thinks it's going to be. Make the phone call, talk to an expert, find out. Because once what's going to happen is when the regulations are taking effect now, if you don't switch over and you're a business owner and someone's card is compromised and they say it was at your location, you, you're not going to have any insurance to, to back you up for that. You you as the business owner is going to be responsible for that fraudulent supposed transaction that person had on their card. And there's oh. times where it could be a large amount yeah, and uh-huh. it could ruin your business, the uh-huh. whole the whole
1: process of resolving that dispute. So that is the stuff that your department does, goes out, talks to people, sets them up for all of this. Yes. Do you Bu- do they buy the equipment or lease it from you or how does that work through fidelity you would purchase the equipment okay. there are
2: other institutions out there that do lease credit card equipment mm-hmm. um, but through fidelity you would be purchasing the equipment and we do have a specialist at fidelity chris o'brien he can come out he's an expert in the technology and the processing mm-hmm. and talk to those business owners and yeah our business department uh, myself and sharon Mullaney, we handle all the inquiries about the mobile options the online options the processing ach payroll all that kind Of behind the scenes stuff that the businesses need. Okay, I have a question for you, Dina. Where are you from originally? (laughs) Why
1: did my accent slip out? Oh, all, I heard. Where was that? Shelled Originally, out? I'm no. from Staten Island, New Stan York. I- oh, well, so I yes. should have known. Like, um, what, what do I say? Long Island. I yes, Long, Long Island. I, I, I tend to camouflage it well, but it will seem. I do. I just, you, you do, do <laughs>
0: camouflage show. it well, but I just heard that yeah. thing, and I thought, she's not, I she's know. a, when well, I, she ain't a west sider, No, so no okay, she could Lord. be from
1: the west side of Long Island, no, maybe though. You never could. know. Who knows? usually
2: north and south. When I first relocated to Pennsylvania, I get the, say that again when you say sorry and things and you know, the typical words, coffee. I love it. Coffee, I love it. chocolate. <laughs> and Long Island. I know. I, I love it. Sorry. It's great. Dina, how can them. anyone get in touch with you? So, yeah. So, I mean, you can call up our uh, 800 number for customer service or my direct phone number if my office is uh, 570-504-8046 and that you can leave me a message. I'll get back to them usually within one business day. Um, I have email. It's dena.hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S at f F D D. that's David David, bank.com. And so they can get in contact with us. We can get them the services that they need or put them in touch with the right person. Perfection. Thank, mm-hmm. thank you,
1: Dana. You're for very welcome. Thank you all of your knowledge, we <laughs> very much appreciate <laughs> it. I, right, I, I appreciate it too. Yes. So come back and visit us. You're a delight. Will. Okay. So we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great weekend. And thanks for listening. Please.